0: You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace.
1: Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast. And I am super excited today to be here with a unique guest, different than our traditional naked life stories, but I want to talk to and bring you an expert on mushrooms and all things mushrooms. And here's the thing, I had no real idea or grasp of how useful functional mushrooms could be in just helping me feel better, um, all sorts of things. So there's, there's really like a huge breadth of conversation that we're going to get into, but I just can't wait. So thank you so much, Hamilton, for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm
0: very happy to be
1: here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I rarely open up the podcast for something different than um just people's stories, but honestly when there's been something in my life that has been like, oh, this has made a really big difference for me. This has been very useful. It's a marked difference uh then I I always want to talk about it. So that's that's kind of what this this is and so I'm I'm super excited. So why don't you kind of start at the beginning though? Why don't you tell us a bit about your story with mushrooms and how you even got fascinated in in this industry and in this experience for yourself. well, first, let me say that uh, I'm
0: just thrilled to hear that you're having a positive experience with functional mushrooms. Uh, that's that's wonderful news. It's very consistent with most people. And um so my story goes back to 2009 is when I went on my first mushroom hunt and I had the benefit of going with someone who already knew a lot about mushrooms and knew all the Latin names and was able to talk about the ecology and the relationships and edibility and those kinds of things. And to this day, I still consider that person, my mushroom mentor. And he recommended, uh, Two books to me because I was completely enthralled by the whole process. It was like treasure hunting, truly, like being able to find food and delicious food and rare food. And um, he recommended Mushrooms Demystified uh, by David Aurora, which is an amazing it's kind of like considered the Bible of mushroom identification, although it's been updated Um, like taxonomy has been updated since then. And um, a book called Mycelium Running, which is more about um, the practical applications applied mycology uh, by Paul Stamets, who's a very popular, well known American mycologist. And I devoured these two books and then I ran on it with my, on my own. I just I just took off and uh, was consuming as much mushroom information as I could, primarily around taxonomy and learning to identify wild edible mushrooms, poisonous mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms. And uh, after a few years of that, um, unfortunately, in Colorado, we have a very short mushroom season, like our mushroom season is six to eight weeks if we're lucky. Uh, It's really just August, which is our monsoon time. And uh, I thought, you know, this just isn't long enough and I'm not traveling to go mushroom hunting. So I decided to cultivate them and I dove into that. And that was like a whole other chapter in my mycology life. I was learning to cultivate edible mushrooms and uh, that wasn't a massive success. i made a lot of mistakes along the way and that's all part of the learning curve. And uh, and then uh, I moved to Nepal uh, with uh, the person who became my future wife, Devika, and she opened a yoga retreat center in Nepal and um, convinced me to come and move there with her so that I could be an organic farmer and she could teach yoga. And I felt like that was a wonderful combination of of talent and love. And so I was deeply immersed in food. I mean, I, 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 I thoroughly believe still that food is the most elegant solution to most of our environmental and personal problems. if we develop our relationship with food um, by even just growing our own food, simply put, um, we lessen our impact on the earth and increase our positive impact on our communities. And so I really became an organic mushroom farmer in Nepal where I succeeded immensely in, in, in growing delicious mushrooms. And um, it wasn't a commercial operation. It was just just growing food for myself and my family and my community. And then uh, I was the catalyst for learning about medicinal mushrooms. Really came in the form of my grandfather losing his mind, and I, you know, he 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 was diagnosed with dementia, and I started researching medicinal and functional mushrooms. Of course, I had heard about reishi and lion's mane and psilocybin and these novel compounds that mushrooms produce uniquely in many cases. And um, this really opened the doors to this whole new chapter in mycology for me which was learning about functional and medicinal mushrooms and how they work on our bodies and incredibly how similar that is to how they perform inside our ecosystems and um yeah that that just sort of swept me away and uh unfortunately for my grandfather it was too little too late but it's not too little too late for me and the rest of my family and my community to understand and appreciate the long-term impacts of taking functional mushrooms regularly and and um, I think what we'll really discover is in, you know, 40 to 50 years, the how we're improving the quality of life at the end of life. Um, and so, you know, being completely immersed in the medicinal mushroom space, I became, a consultant based on my reputation. I started working for other brands. And then um, uh, I had a kind of COVID revelation while in quarantine that I wanted to start my own brand of mushrooms and um, use um, the, the revenue from selling mushroom extracts to finance uh, mycology-centric filmmaking. And that's what I've done. I've spent most of my career as a filmmaker. And now I get to make movies about mushrooms and it's all paid for by my mushroom company. And so I've created a kind of positive feedback loop uh, in terms of um, you know allowing the mushrooms to then fuel the filmmaking when the filmmaking fuels the mushrooms and so on and so forth. Uh, so I feel very fortunate at this time in my life to be doing Uh, the things that I deeply
1: care about. Well, I love that so much. And so so my sort of journey, like I've always been since really I started researching alcohol, you know, you can't research addiction without coming across in the psilocybin world how impactful the research has been for addiction, depression, end of life, uh, acceptance, cancer patients. I mean, the research about psilocybin in terms of this scope of mental health is enormous. Mountains and mountains and mountains. And I've always thought, like been very excited by the idea that, you know, at some point in our history, we kind of declared this, quote, war on drugs and just lumped everything together and really took some of these very natural organic medicines out of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so excited by the changes in, um, sort of legislation and, and all that sort of stuff, coming back and just kind of watching from the sidelines, being like, oh, this is great. And watching these universities publish these studies and just anything that can help us, you know, get a hold of, of all of those sorts of things. And for me, I've always really struggled with anxiety, been on and off antidepressant medication since I was 19 years old. Stopping drinking was by far and away the number one thing I did to help manage my anxiety and help it. I mean, I think of little tangent here, but I, I kind of think of life as if we're on this, you know, um quest to to do jo- to, to joy, really. And I think kind of joy is one of our things that that we should just be moving toward. And I've always had that. It deeply inside of me, like not a lot of tolerance for not being happy. And a lot of my quest for joy has come through drinking and trying to find all these things. Now those were very short lived and they had huge consequences. Right. But if I look at my journey overall, you know, as you have these highs and lows, I can safely say that over the last decade or so, I have raised my emotional set point, meaning that the highs and lows still happen, but they're happening at a slightly higher level. So my, my lowest lows are higher than my lowest lows were before and my highest highs are also higher and I think that's all you can ask for right but in any given day I could be radically anxious or I could be feeling great and that's just how my life has served things up for me and so you know from the kind of psilocybin side watching this from the sidelines being really fascinated with it um, really interested in anything that you know can help with any of the things that I see people struggle with, that I myself have struggled with, and then not even had any clue mm-hmm. about functional mushrooms. Like, honestly, like I like mushrooms on my pizza, love them, love some, some uh, sauteed yeah. mushrooms in my pasta, but yeah. really had no idea about the difference that, you know, the non-psychedelic functional mushrooms could make on, on mental health and physical health. And so I'd love you to just talk through some of your favorites. And and these are, obviously, I highly recommend Hamilton's mushrooms. I think you, you guys, how you, I always pay a lot of attention to how I source products and where they're coming from and all that stuff. And there's so much, um, unfortunately, pollutants and so many of the products we consume, but just in general, what are some of, of your favorite kind of functional, and and by the way, for everybody listening, when we say functional mushrooms, we're talking different than kind of the psychedelic application for mental health and all of that, all of that conversation sort of exists in a box over here. And we're really talking about these because there's, there's this whole world of mushrooms that does not, you know, that isn't in that realm. That's just so exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let me comment on a few things before I talk specifically about the mushrooms. I, I'd like to share um, just add to your philosophy around joy. Um, I think joy is a fleeting experience, like happiness, you know, it comes and it goes. We have our highs and our lows. And so something i've I've come to. Learn and something I actually learned from Jane um, was about peace and like using peace and contentment as a metric for wellness, as a more achievable, more sustainable metric for wellness than my fleeting happiness because it comes and goes. So I just wanted to share that with you. And that was actually, you know, Jane has had an, an uh, enormous um, impact on my life in that regard. Um, and oh,
1: everybody knows Jane is my mom. So yeah. that's how I met Hamilton was through, I started getting curious about mushrooms and um, Hamilton knows my mom and we yeah. didn't really know each other, but yeah. um, I was like, oh, Hamilton is is really researching this. And she actually sent me some of your films. And so okay. it kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. And so, yeah, it was a really yeah. cool, shared connection. So that's how we came to know each other and I started using your products, but that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and that's so true. I think the, the idea that, um, Peace, because peace you can find, usually find underneath a lot of stuff, right? Like joy and happiness. Yeah, absolutely. It, and, and it's
0: not subject to a kind of dependency like, oh, this thing makes me happy or doing this brings me joy. Peace is more of like a an overall experience that like it can come out of nowhere. It has no reason, so to speak.
1: Mm. Anyhow,
0: uh, that's that's a that's a tangent, but you know, I I will admit that mushrooms do bring me joy, <laughs> uh, whether I'm finding them in the forest or reading about them or not finding them because it just got me outside, walking around the mountains, um, and so yeah, I was thinking about I knew this question was going to come along to talk specifically about the mushroom species. And we as a culture, Americans, we don't have a strong mushroom culture. And that's why we don't generally know or appreciate the, vast, the vastness of fungi and how they impact our lives. Um, they really affect all of our systems. They are literally at the, at the foundation of our ecological health and our internal health. Uh, and I can riff on that for a long time, but I think it's better if I get more into uh, the mushrooms specifically.
1: And well, let me I... ask you a question because I sure. heard this, and um, you know, I've been I've been chasing. Like usually, when I get curious about something, and especially when something is starting to have like a marked improvement for me and just like well being and feeling good, uh, I usually start talking about it. Hence, you being on the podcast, I get really curious about it, really go down the yeah. rabbit hole um but i was talking to a woman who she's also a mushroom expert and she was saying and i i i didn't research this so i don't know if it's true but i'm curious if this is something you've heard that fungi fung, is it fungi
0: How do you, you can say
1: pronounce that? it anywhere you like fungi fungi fungi
0: there's no right way to to say it Awesome.
1: Well, she said, it's so pervasive in and outside of our bodies and on everything that were you to take the rest of us away, the whole world would kind of still be a (laughs) shell of itself, just kind of gray.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, who knows if we can prove that or not. There are, it is everywhere. I mean, it permeates all of our soil. It's the, it's, it's, it's the reason why we can decompose, um, decay, you know, like, we, As mammals, we partnered with fungi very early on in evolution. And that's what gave us a kind of evolutionary edge and why mammals won the race over reptiles after the dinosaurs were wiped out. Uh, reptiles are still plagued by fungal infections. Uh, they they did not have the foresight like mammals did to, um, <laughs> to partner with fungi, not only in terms of how we digest our food, but how we interact with the external environment. And um, so if it wasn't for I fungi, we partner would be... with
1: fungi. Like we usually, we have that in our gut.
0: Yes, yes our absolutely. there are, there are beneficial a- fungi and there are non-beneficial fungi. Like we also get fungal infections. Uh, like for example, dandruff is a fungal infection. Ringworm is a fungal infection. Um, yeast infections are fungal infections. Um, you know, we have candida living in our guts. Um, among other um, types of fungi and uh, candida albans is what's responsible for uh, yeast infections. Um, You know, some people like sugar cravings often come from the candida living in our guts Mm -hmm. Uh, in a way it, it compels us to eat sugar because the fungi is hungry inside of us. And, you know, this opens up a kind of whole other conversation about, you know, the sentience of fungi and you know how how they interact with other organisms inside their environment. So generally speaking, there are uh, two fundamental types of fungi performing um, functions inside our environment. like one are the decomposers. you know, they're responsible for rot, you know, for allowing um, nature to recycle itself. Um, I like to think of this as the kind of creator destroyer relationship that they build the soil in order for new life to emerge. And then there are the mycorrhizal fungi which develop mutualistic relationships with the uh, other plants and trees around them. And in this way, they exchange nutrients, carbons and sugars in some cases, uh, other other, uh, types of information with the plants they build relationships with. Um, And so in this way, you can imagine the fungi as kind of the conductors of the ecosystem, that they get to determine in many cases uh, who gets what, what kind of resources are shared within the ecosystem. So if there's a part of the forest that is um, deficient in a kind of nutrients or water, then the fungi can actually transfer that water or nutrients to the part of the forest that's sick. And in this way, it's it's a beautiful um, thing to consider. Uh, it's a perfect metaphor for sort of for uh, how to operate sustainably inside a community, a multi-organism community. Uh, and then of course the shape of the mycelium. For those of you that don't know, mycelium is the main body of the organism. And the mushroom, the part that we see, is the is the fruit, it's the reproductive organ of the mycelium. And so um, these are two fundamentally different parts of uh, fungi in general. You have the main body, the mycelium, and then the fruiting body, the mushroom. And so the shape of the mycelium is uh, very similar to the shape of the synapses in our brain. It's it's a distributed network. It's the shape of the internet. It's the shape of the galaxy, you know, uh, or, or the cosmos, if you will. Um, And so in that way, it's very, you know, sort of natural uh, representative form of function. And, And so let's, you know, crank it back to talking about, you know, mushrooms specifically. So I was thinking about how to best, you know, introduce functional medicinal mushrooms to your audience. And in the context of alcohol use, I thought would be a good way to do that because you basically... And correct me if I'm wrong, like there's a few stages that you could consider here. There's the there's the drinker or the someone who is fully actively involved and deep into their alcohol use. Uh, And then there's this person who's interested in quitting. And then there's the quitting. And then there's the um, sort of withdrawal effects. And then there's maintaining um, a healthy relationship Uh, after the fact. And I think you could argue that there's probably a healthy, you could maintain a healthy relationship through all of those steps. But what I've been doing is seeing that at every one of those stages, there are functional mushrooms that can support you in that effort. And in some cases, even like there's one coprinus commodus, the shaggy mane mushroom, it's an edible, delicious gourmet mushroom that grows wild and can be cultivated, although it's not really massively cultivated in the U.S., um, that actually has, an, has a compound in it called coprine. Uh, well, the shaggy mane specifically doesn't have coprine, and that's for the mycological geeks out there. But the whole species of, um, uh, the, the whole um, genus, most of them contain a compound called coprine, which will actually help, help your body reject alcohol. Mm-hmm. And if you're taking small amounts of it, you can't consume alcohol, which I find really fascinating. It'll, it'll make you sick. Um, But I don't know. Do you think that's a good approach for me to talk about, uh, you know, at that first stage, like if you're drinking and what the symptoms are of that, like heavy alcohol use, and then I can talk, okay, these mushrooms will address this issue and this
1: issue and this issue. I think that's perfect. And and yeah, like really practically, where can people get them? So just so everybody knows, like I, I use Hamilton's mushrooms. This is not like an affiliate thing. I'm not being paid. I just believe in these products and wherever you get them, but really practically, how can people engage with mushrooms just from like, okay, then how do I actually get it and take it and make it, you know, part of my routine so that I can start to see the benefits. So that would be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the most important thing, just get directly to that question is get them in you, however Mm -hmm. you can, (laughs) you know, whether you're, you know, adding them to your daily meal routine, or you're adding them to your daily supplement routine, whether you're taking whole mushrooms, fresh mushrooms, cooked mushrooms, mushroom extracts, whatever the case may be, get them in you. I think that's really the bottom line. Um, so, so let's talk about um, like alleviating the symptoms of abuse. You know, So long-term effects, uh, something like liver damage, brain damage, heart problems, gastrointestinal issues, increased, increased re- risk of cancer, Um, so let's take something like liver damage. Um, there's a wonderful mushroom called reishi, uh, Ganoderma lucidum, Ganoderma tuge, um, Ganoderma lingshir. These are all names of the red reishi. And this is a mushroom that's been used for centuries, um, millennia in some cases in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and it it, it's uh, hepatoprotective, which is a fancy word for saying that it helps the liver. It helps the blood, it helps the heart, it helps the respiratory system. Um, it has two um, primary kinds of active compounds in it. One are the fungal beta-glucans, which are a kind of polysaccharide. And the other is a volatile aromatic compounds called triterpenes. And there's a number of these. I think there's something... There's, you know, we've identified, I think, like 20 different ganoderic acids, um, which are these, um, these volatile aromatic compounds that uh, uh, have enormous effects in all kinds of different ways. Um, but at the core, you know, in traditional use, this mushroom is used to support the liver and blood health and heart health. And so in that way, uh, you know, it, it can it can help support someone who's already deep into the symptoms of alcohol abuse. Uh, for me, uh, my healing story with mushrooms actually comes from reishi, and it's around balancing my own blood sugar. That's where I was struggling. You know, I had blood sugar crashes, and I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling hungry, a kind of munchies, if you will, and um, that that basically disappeared when I started taking Reishi before bed. And um, it's always maintained my, my low blood pressure. And um, I, you know, I'm very, uh, people ask me, you know, if you're going to take one functional mushroom, which is it? And hands down every time hard. Yes. To Reishi mushroom. This is a fantastic mushroom. Uh, It's one of the ones that has the most research on it. And uh, so in that way, it's the most medicinally efficacious, confirmed by Western scientific methods, but it's been used for so long in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, you know, of course, we're just catching up uh, with understanding that so many of our indigenous and ancient ways are are spot on in terms of our physiological health. Uh, of course, not all of them, but most of them. <laughs> Uh, and let's, let's take a look at uh, something like brain damage, you know, uh, which is a really severe long-term effect of alcohol abuse. And um, so one of the most popular mushrooms right now is called lion's mane. It's heresium Arenaceous. There's a number of other species in the genus and they are, uh, my product is called lucid lion's mane. Um, my reishi product is called reishi rampart. Uh, I forgot to mention that. So, uh, but lucid lion's mane, lion's mane in general contains a novel aromatic compound called arenacenes, which is found primarily in the mycelium of the species. And then haricinones, which are found primarily in the fruit body of the species. And lots of research is being done on this. Um, So... In traditional Chinese medicine and, and indigenous use, this mushroom was used uh, to support the digestive tract and to help all digestive issues. Um, and then in the early 90s, uh, Japanese scientists discovered that there's these novel compounds called erinacines and haricinones that actually have a nootropic effect, and they increase neuroplasticity. They also plug into our dopamine receptors. So they act as mood regulators, which is fascinating. Um, and now lion's mane is probably the single most popular functional mushroom on the market uh, because of it's basically, you know, the true brain food. Really supports people with focus. Um, People use it. uh, There's no science to support this, but a lot of people benefit from using it for ADHD. Uh, At least I haven't seen the science on it, but plenty of anecdotal reports. Um, It helps um, uh, increase um, neuroplasticity, which is a word, a fancy word basically, that says, you can change the way you think. You can create new synapses in the brain. You can uh, override old thinking patterns and I- encourage new ones. And this is the same similar effect to psilocybin in the brain. So people often use lion's mane and psilocybin uh, with each other to, um, to amplify this neuroplasticity effect. Uh, I have clients that use lion's mane for uh, brain damage, head trauma. Uh, concussions. Uh, it, people swear that it helps them with focus, a general cognition improvement. Uh, but one of the main things is the n- um, nerve growth factor, right? This support, supports nerve. This basically helps repair nerve damage, uh, which is an amazing thing. Uh, and you know the the amount of general effects uh, from this one thing is huge on the human system. Let's see here. Uh, Let's see. Um, What was the last one I was going to talk about? Ah, yes. So, aranacines can help prevent and destroy amyloid plaque, which is what uh, builds up on the myelin sheath and causes things like dementia and Alzheimer's. So taking lion's mane regularly can basically offset and in some cases treat degenerative brain disease. And that's just like, that's huge. There's nothing else really out there doing the heavy lifting for us in our brains. And I think that's primarily the reason why lion's mane is so popular. Um, And I think we'll really see those long-term effects um, like It's not a, I'm going to take it for 30 days and then everything is going to be fine. These compounds need to be taken over time consistently to really uh, experience the benefits of it. And um, I'm very curious to see like what's going to be happening to our mental health issues in America and in the West, particularly uh, that you know, what's going to happen in 20 years, once we have 20 years of data of people taking lion's mane to support their brain health. You now, it's, a, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, of course, 20 years from now, who knows? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's enough wild things happening in our society, in our culture, in our environment, that it's very difficult to predict what things will be like in 20 years um I'll let you know let's let's talk about something like heart problems again reishi, very supportive of the heart uh if you look at something like gastrointestinal issues you know again lions mane supports all gi everything not only uh, digestion um and then in in terms of the increased risk of cancer from alcohol abuse um uh, like the vast majority of clinical research with mushrooms is done on uh, cancer and various cell lines of cancer. So when you start getting into reading research papers, you understand that the research is done on a very particular kind of cancer. So they'll take a very particular compound or strain of mushroom and then look at a very particular kind of cancer and see how it affects. But most Functional medicinal mushrooms have anti-cancer properties, um, but when we're speaking generally about functional mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, there are two things that the medicinal mushroom community can agree on, uh, because everything is up for debate. Uh, but fundamentally, due to the fungal beta-glucans, which are those particular kind of polysaccharide, mushrooms are anti-inflammatory and immunomodulating, and so between inflammation and poor immune function, you can look at the roots of most of our chronic conditions. Like most of our problems come out of inflammation or poor immune response. But once you get those two things balanced in your body, you start to experience all of these benefits. And it's really like surprising because you don't know what's wrong with you if you're used to it (laughs) until it goes away like whether or not you know oh i i you know I, I wake up feeling tired or i don't sleep very well or i feel heavy on my feet and then all of a sudden you're sleeping better and you wake up feeling lighter on your feet and that creates a kind of new baseline of wellness which is a beautiful thing and then the trick is sustaining that new baseline of wellness and not reverting back to those um you know lower levels or poor behaviors or, or whatever, you know, whatever language you want to use to describe the past you.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Well, it's so interesting because it's such an oxymoron, even wake up tired, right? Like to hold that and sleep, but, but it's probably so true for so many people. Um, I wake up the opposite of tired. I, I really wish that I could be more tired because I wake up at like 540 and it's hours before anyone else is awake. And I'm like, oh, Man. Let's, and then I want to be productive, but I don't want to get out of the warm bed. So I usually just, read, which is where I get a lot of my reading done. So I usually have a like, but anyway, I can't imagine waking up tired. I cannot right. sleep once I wake up. And, and that's just an interesting thing that we've just like baked into normal. And so I think, you know, when, when you and I were first talking about mushrooms and you're like, well, usually if you take something over a few weeks, and then you start to notice that you just feel holistically better, but it's mm-hmm. almost as if the drums have been turned off. You, you're just noticing that you don't have, you know, such an intense, maybe triggered response to stress or, or whatever the case is. So can we talk a little bit specifically about, um, because I know for me, I was drinking at first for fun and then ultimately drinking as a form of self medication, you know, and I, I find nothing wrong with medication, but I want medication to make me better. And that's the problem with using something like alcohol for medication, like true medicine should ultimately like solve the problem. Yes. (laughs) And, And alcohol never solved the problem. It created more problems. And so, but thinking of medicinal mushrooms, like where there's, you're partnering with the things that are already happening in your body, you know, the things that are already happening and how the whole world balances itself and regulates itself. And, and, and like everything I, I look at, I look at it as an experiment, like try something out, see if it feels good for you, see if it works for you. But for me, it's a lot about sort of anxiety and regulating anxiety. And, um and I know you talked a little bit about that, about how uh, mean specifically can do that, but can you expand on that a little more? Because I think a lot of the times, all of this stuff, like it's, we know we should be doing stuff for our liver and our heart and all this stuff, but it feels so, you know, unless you're having a heart attack or unless you're having liver pain, it it doesn't feel as, as urgent sometimes as just feeling better in the morning when you get out of bed.
0: Yeah, generally, we don't do something about our health issues until it's in our backyard or the symptoms are already affecting us. And there's within the use of functional and medicinal mushrooms, there's the preventative approach and then there's the treatment approach. And generally, the difference between those is dose and frequency. So in a preventative protocol, I'm taking oh, I'm taking a couple of grams of each of these different mushrooms every day. Uh, And then I stop getting sick and I start feeling better. And then there's all these satellite benefits of being less inflamed and having a proper immune response. And then there's the treatment approach, which is like, I'm already sick, so I'm going to take like five grams of everything (laughs) and, you know, kick it out of my system and and get a a sort of jacked up immune response so that I can feel better sooner. Um, I will tell you, though, it's my opinion that alcohol is good for one thing and that's as a disinfectant. If you need to yes. clean a wound, <laughs> disinfect your your mushroom inoculation area, alcohol works great for for sanitizing surfaces.
1: <laughs> Which by the way is is such a depressing fact when it comes to putting it in our guts. Right? It infects all of the good bacteria and and totally. everything that we're trying to create within our guts. So it's yeah, it's just um <laughs> Just yeah. pour that disinfectant down there. Kill everything in your digestive
0: tract. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so terrible.
1: terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anxiety, right? This is such an interesting condition, human condition. Uh, I most of the people I know experience anxiety in some degree. You know, there's this broad spectrum of debilitating anxiety, and then like you know, let's say the other end is like, I experience it from time to time because I'm a human. You know, yeah. is it a natural human thing? Probably because we all experience it on some level. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, let's just preface this whole thing by saying that like, I think anxiety is, is to approach it, it's like a whole systems approach. Mm-hmm. Like you have to consider things like your diet, um, exercise, you know, how, how you are in your world and with the people around you. Um, you know, like it's not just a matter of like taking something to feel better. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a more complex whole system issue, I think, at its core. But of course, there is a chemical side to it as well. Um, and so like Lion's Mane as a mood regulator um, helps with anxiety for some people when their anxiety is chemically related to their dopamine production. Okay. So it helps for some people if that's the chemical cause of their anxiety. Um, there's another mushroom called Amanita muscaria, which is uh, recently been taxonomically reclassified in the West as Flavivulvata, which I think is crazy, but that's a, that's a new name for the same mushroom. And, um, uh, we, this mushroom is the Mario mushroom. This is the emoji mushroom. This is the mushroom that if you ask somebody, hey, draw me a mushroom, they'll draw this mushroom. It's the red one with the white dots. It's a mycorrhizal fungi. It's in the forest uh, growing with trees. It's it, it's beautiful and you can spot it from you know 100 meters away and it it has this energy about it. Well, there's a lot of misinformation about this mushroom. Primarily, people consider it toxic, deadly, poisonous. Don't look at it. Don't definitely don't touch it. And these are just fundamentally wrong attitudes about this mushroom. First of all, it's not deadly toxic. Um, It is both food and medicine, depending on how you prepare it. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of this, because that's not what we're talking about. But I wanted to give some context for how important this mushroom is. It's been used for centuries across Eastern Europe in northern Siberia, um, and this mushroom contains two basic compounds. One is ibotenic acid, and the other is muscomol. And recent, uh, a paper came out in 2023 that muscomol is a uh, non-addictive benzodiazepine. And for those of you that don't know, benzodiazepines are the drugs used to help things like anxiety and depression. However, they are very addictive and can be incredibly disruptive to your life if you get on them. But muscamol is non-addictive form of benzodiazepine. So I like to describe like when I process the mushroom into a medicine, it's got more muscamol than ibotenic acid. And I, um, I take it as I need it. So if I'm feeling anxious, full disclosure, I was nervous about this interview. So I took some of my Amanita muscaria tincture and I'm, I'm good now. Awesome. <laughs> and the important thing here is that it doesn't change the way you think. It changes how you feel about what you're thinking.
1: Mm. And to
0: me, that's a really important distinction. Like it doesn't impair me. It doesn't change my behavior. It just helps me get through that nervous, um, like, oh, I'm gonna say something dumb, and um, <laughs> you know that,
1: that
0: like, whatever, whatever your anxiety comes from, it 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 helps. Um, and so, yeah, Amanita muscaria, lion's mane, um, and then there are people that use microdosing psilocybin to address things like anxiety and depression. I think there's a significant difference between anxiety and depression in terms of how they manifest in our lives, how they like how they viscerally feel in our bodies, and how to manage them chemically or um, spiritually. And so, again, so let's take psilocybin for example. This is um, this plugs into our serotonin receptors, the 5H2A receptors, and um, amanita plugs into our GABA receptors. Uh, which is the same receptors that alcohol plugs into. So on a chemical level, these compounds, these mushrooms are working on our brains in different ways with similar results. Lion's mane for dopamine, amanita for GABA, and psilocybin for serotonin. So it's just something to consider when you're looking at it from a more physiological perspective. But again, you know, if your anxiety or your depression has to do with your serotonin, then you know psilocybin might be a, worth considering for you in your you know journey towards a balanced mental state, um, and you know for me I tried microdosing many many years ago uh, when I first heard about it. This was probably ten years ago, and um, I was like, you know what, that sounds amazing. I'm gonna go and grow my own magic mushrooms, and I'm gonna dose myself regularly. Um, because I had heard about the neuroplastic uh, effects, the neuro, neurogenesis effects, where it literally grows brain cells, and, um, and the effects uh, just in terms of general brain health focus, cognition, creativity, memory improvement, all of that sounded great to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And I grew my mushrooms. I processed them. I started microdosing. I was taking about a hundred milligrams every day off and on for two years. And I started to get pretty cranky and I had to admit to myself, and it took me two years to admit to myself that this was not the right medicine for me that I, you know, or maybe it worked enough that I didn't need it anymore. Like you were saying before, an efficacious medicine should be something that you take and then ultimately you stop taking over time. And it depends on how the mechanism of that medicine works in our body. Um, So like, you know, you get a cold, you take an antiviral and the cold goes away and you stop taking the antiviral. what, whatever the case may be, um, like yeah. anything, like any medicine, it's not appropriate for everybody. It's not some blanket solution, but it's definitely something worth considering. And of course, that depends on how much you know about yourself, how much not only how much do you know about your body chemistry and your physiology, uh, but how much introspection you're willing to do asking yourself the tough questions. And if you're already on the path to quitting alcohol or changing your relationship with alcohol, you're already doing that emotional heavy lifting, that spiritual work required um, to, to change your relationship with those substances. And as we talked about before, I think it's we have to mention that like, taking one substance to help uh, another is a slippery slope. Like, you know, alcohol is super addictive. Um, and it's possible to take something else to help change your relationship with that substance, only to then abuse your new substance relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I,
0: you know that, that has to be considered here.
1: Um, but... I think a lot of people do that with with sugar. You know, um, I certainly did at first, and I think, oh. and I think it's interesting too because we have these these false in my opinion false but we have these classifications in our minds based on what is what is legal and what is not legal and what we've been told is good and what we've been told is bad yeah. but like you know something like sugar which is arguably as addictive as like heroin and cocaine and and we eat it all the time and like you know i've it, It was such a coping mechanism for me when I first stopped drinking because of the dopamine aspect. It was like just this thing that I could kind of like have some gummy bears in my pocket and kind of handle the grumpiness that was coming from the fact that my dopamine receptors needed a lot of healing. Now, I don't eat that much sugar anymore, but it was, it was, you know, so it's like, And I wasn't going to drive my car off the road because I had too much ice cream. So, you know, it's, it's such an important thing to be, as you say, Hamilton, just so introspective about what is right for you and what is interesting for you. And I think, you know, especially with something like microdosing, like it's fascinating in terms of the research that's coming out and the fact that it you don't feel it. You're not, you're not tripping. You're not getting high. You're not getting stoned. You're just experiencing maybe that little edge off the anxiety. And there's so much research about all of these sorts of things. So I love this conversation. And I think for me, my heart to bring you on was just to say, I feel like I didn't even know about mushrooms in general until sort of, you know, some conversations and then going down the rabbit hole and just realizing like, wow, these are, can be so useful in all of our lives um in one way or another and again it is trial and error right it's introspective and it's trying to find uh you know i was i was reading about how there's a lot of studies that show that mushrooms lower cholesterol oh, right yeah. especially Absolutely. oyster mushrooms lo- lower yeah. cholesterol yeah um, cordyceps as well
0: yeah and it's, and it's it's the statins fungal yeah. statins and and they're they're you know the pharmaceutical statins are very dangerous. There's it comes with all this baggage, but if you eat a bunch of oyster mushrooms or cordyceps mushrooms, you lower your cholesterol without any of that baggage. I have a number of clients that have come to me saying, I my doctor couldn't believe what happened to my cholesterol after I started taking cordyceps. I mean, and, and also oyster mushrooms.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then, you know, there's so there's this research on anyway, it's just. It's just endless, and there's endless numbers of mushrooms. There's just so many, so I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface. I also think that you do a phenomenal job of, um, and if anybody is curious, again, this is like, I'm not getting paid for this. It's just because I use Hamilton's mushrooms. So <laughs> I'll make sure that um, it's accessible. But hamiltonsmushrooms.com. You've really, you've really put these in in packages in a way that people can try. Right. And an experience. And you've kind of taken some of your best blends. Um, so and if anybody is curious about even talking with you about a protocol for themselves or, you know, getting interested in in, you know, maybe digging into some of the um the things we were talking about with anxiety or depression, but where how would someone reach out to you? What would be the best way?
0: Uh, You can reach out on Instagram, Hamilton's Mushrooms, or just email me directly, hamiltonsmushrooms at gmail.com. My door is always open. I'm happy to speak, to do consultations. Um, um, Yeah, I mean, I I just am so grateful for having this opportunity to share my passion for mushrooms with your audience, Annie. Um, We haven't even gotten into it. I have my own story about alcohol as well um, that I think is good. (laughs) but I won't go there now. Maybe we'll save that for another time.
1: Yeah, I'd love to have you back on. We can dig deeper into some of the concepts. And then hear your journey through alcohol. So that would be really, really great. And then my
0: my mushroom extracts are high potency organic extract powders. So what that means is there's no frills attached to them. The point is find a way to get them in you. I put them in my coffee every day. People put them in their smoothies. Some of them um, you can just, of them you can just add water and drink them that way a lot of people love the flavor some some people find the flavor challenging but overcoming the flavor profile can be a fun thing for people to figure out Uh, and uh, i highly recommend starting with it on some level and if you're not sure which mushroom is right for you um, you know reach out to me and i can make recommendations Uh, but generally for this audience, I would recommend starting with the body blend. That's the one uh, that contains four mushrooms, reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and turkey tail. And these are like the upper echelon of functional mushrooms. These are the super immunomodulators um, that allow your immune system to respond accordingly to what you need. So in that way people often describe them as adaptogenic although adaptogenic is kind of a buzzword that gets thrown around a lot but basically what it comes down to is that it does for you what you need and it does for me what i need and um and in that way it's very unique like the what you will experience adding functional mushrooms to your daily beverage routine is good. It might be different from what another person will experience because we all have different bodies and different physiologies and different needs. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you. So thank you so much for uh, allowing me to share.
1: It's just been amazing. And I have to say like, you're, um, very kindred in terms of meeting you and getting to know you because our level of research as anybody who's listening to this last hour can tell is very deep And it is, it's amazing to find someone with, you know, that level of passion and expertise and research and, and just organically coming from your own wellness journey and your own curiosity. So I just have absolutely loved it. So again, uh, you can find Hamilton at, at Hamilton's mushrooms or hamiltonsmushrooms.com and we'll link it all in the show notes. And I just so appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with us.
0: Uh, My pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how This Naked Mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious.